to the Threads podcast by Pop Heart Productions, hosted on the Cast Iron Theatre podcast stream. In this episode, Shelfie speaks to Victoria Gardner. Hello and welcome to the Threads podcast. My name is Chelsea and throughout this series I will be interviewing people about their clothes. We will be talking all things personal style, what makes us tick in terms of our outfit choices and how perhaps we can get way more joy out of what we're wearing. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Threads podcast. I am here today, well I'm not actually physically here, I am on FaceTime with the lovely Vicky Gardner who runs Pika Pika Feathers, which we will talk about later. But for now, I'll start with my always first question. Vicky, tell me how would you to how would you describe your style? Uh, I like to call it well, the first thing that came into my mind, no, I probably can't say that. Say it. <laughs> Chav chic. I love that chav chic. <laughs> so tell me what items consist of chav chic. Well, I mean, on a day-to-day basis, because I work in a studio, um, I they will I will predominantly be wearing tracky bums that are two sizes too big for me, just because they're comfortable. And my trainers, which seem to be a staple in my wardrobe, um, I can't seem to grow out of those. You wear those, which, they're Nikes, aren't they? Which type of Nikes are they? Yeah, Nike Air Max 90s. I can't seem to change (laughs) that. Uh, yeah, ch- chavy, chav, chav chic. I love that. I'm, I'm, yeah. I might steal that off you to describe looks now. That's so brilliant. <laughs> um, with a little bit of um, boho style sometimes. So it depends on my mood, and usually around the summertime. And obviously, where I work at Snoopers Attic, there's just a lot of that there, and I have a real appreciation for it. Mm. So anything velvet or embroidered, yes. <laughs> Tell me more about, because you just said you're working in the studio, tell me more about Pika Pika Feathers and the things you make. Yeah, so I make, it started off being festival uh, accessories, which I guess it still is, but the festival's on on at the moment. Um, And they are, I call them tacky accessories, (laughs) but that might, yeah, I'd say that was about right. So they're kind of sequin sequiny uh headbands and um i guess earrings and blingy sunglasses oh your taste in sunglasses is like like if honestly like it's so unusual to meet people that like really naff things and as a purveyor (laughs) of really naff sunglasses i always appreciate your display of sunglasses oh good (laughs) these are utterly ridiculous I know that's why I like them (laughs) but people do like them I am sometimes surprised that uh, I sell the ones I sell but yeah and I I wouldn't necessarily wear them myself but I do find myself attracted to them Um, and then obviously I've got the embellished sunglasses which are just covered in rhinestones and diamante and is it diamante or diamante? I don't know. Is it depends on where you're from? I don't know. Maybe I like diamante. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say they are. I mean, they're wearable, but I wouldn't say they're everyday wear. They are for an occasion of sorts. Yeah. An occasion party festival. Um, 
maybe going out in the evening, making for brides and um, Hindus and um, yeah, the after parties. They they like to buy their oh, I make the embellished military hats and I can do them in all, in all white and they say bride on it and I mean it's uh, yeah. So we're we we're going with the idea of chav chic tacky and gypsy bride love that love <laughs> that so much <laughs> um is there anyone who over the years has like inspired your dress or the things that you make you've kind of said some already i think have i well gypsy in terms of like the bride. kind of chav and like boho like oh, those are kind yeah. of styles so, like, aren't they let's think about this i think i well see i quite like wearing floaty dresses sometimes but i can never complete the look with a like a sandal or something so I always go back to Lily Allen in there oh yeah the mad maxi dresses and then she'd wear the trainers and the kind of the creole earrings Mm. and stuff like that always sticks in my head yeah she's great and and her style as well over the years the way it's morphed and changed but she she has such great taste and such a great way of like mixing quite rap seemingly random things together does yeah and i wish i I wish i had that gift that usually i mean i like to the way i do it is i see someone who i think oh god they've got really good style and then i'll probably just copy that and i don't think i've got quite the same inventiveness to think about those ideas myself i think some people are good at that but i I tend to see a style and and replicate it (laughs) i think we must all do that so much and like i think we must subconsciously see people and then go oh i thought of that (laughs) i know i think i must do i love your style chelsea oh thank you (laughs) you're so sweet well i was just gonna say like you said about that boho thing and like wearing a maxi dress but like you said, and I can like never complete the look. And I so feel like that, that I'd be like really drawn to like a certain look, but I can never do it perfectly because then it's too perfect or something. It I has totally to be agree. off. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but then some people can pull that off. But I think, yeah, like I always find if, if I go to a smart occasion, you know, if there's a smart occasion coming up, I'll always put something on that kind of makes it more casual just mm. because I feel more comfortable doing mm. that. So, yeah. yeah, I could be wearing a really, like, nice dress. Or, no, let's do it the other way around. If I've decided, which I very rarely do, but I occasionally wear a high heel, I'll always make sure the top half's really casual so there's that weird balance. I couldn't do all of it at the same time. No, no. And Sorry. also, I'm really bad if, if there's, like... Not that I go places with, like, a dress code, but, you know, when there's, like, an expectation of a certain formality or whatever, it makes me want to do the opposite. Opposite and just kind of go in there with your middle finger up or something. 100%, yeah, yeah. It's like, you're trying to tell me what I can (laughs) wear today? (laughs) Just being a, I guess, what was it I listened to recently? And it was... um, Oh, I might be going off tangent, but uh, there was a podcast, and it's all about. Um, oh, I think it's called the Last Bohemians. And oh, I've listened thing. to a couple of those. Which, Have you? Yeah. And it is about kind of defying, okay, the rules a little bit, and going off piece for you know what what you're supposed to do. And I guess that's maybe the the, the thought process that maybe we experience that whole idea of going, oh fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's something about being a creative person there's always that element of challenge to the way your brain works or something maybe maybe that's like a a way of maybe that's something that all creative people share a slight offness or questioning or way of challenging it not not 
conforming, mm. I think, is, is the thing. And I don't think it's a deliberate thing. I think it is a, a kind of making up your... I mean, obviously, to an extent, you make you keep your rules, but kind of making up your own rules as well, I think. I, th- I don't know what that is. That's interesting, isn't it? That That is a, probably the mindset of a lot of creative people, is just challenging them and breaking them and... Mm. Yes, and it's an interesting one. I like it. Yeah, maybe it's even just subconscious. It's something that you just kind of do without realising. I think it's like also like portraying individuality and not kind of fitting into the mould of maybe society or something. Mm. You know, it's just kind of wanting to make it standing out. No, just being individual, I think. Mm. But just for Um, yourself. Yeah, exactly, Mm. yeah. The style that you have now... um, is there a point that you think like you found that like how long do you think you've been dressing that way oh it's probably since i was 18 really <laughs> yeah i don't think my i really don't think it's changed like i do have some clothes that i've still i've had literally for 15 years and i really don't think it has evolved that much like i have stayed and it, it does make me think because you know when you look at really old people you think god they dress so old i wonder whether <laughs> you know they dress like when they did when they were my you know our age so what happens when I'm older, 70, 80, 90? Am I going to continually dress like I was when I was 18? It just And people are going to look at me and go, gosh, she looks so old-fashioned. It's <laughs> interesting, I mean? that, isn't but it? For me, it's... Carry on, yeah. That's, yeah, that's no, your just, vibe. For me, I feel like it's current, but it probably isn't, because I do... It's, it's an interesting one. But, mm. yeah, I don't... I think I kind of found baggy, oversized clothes. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it started when I was 18, 19, and started going out in Brighton and you know because I wasn't living there at the time and maybe slight tweaks have happened over the, <laughs> over the year I definitely think yeah going to the festivals has definitely influenced it you know and, and actually being at snoopers and just being around people where I, they have a certain style that I really admire and sometimes I try it and I think sometimes it doesn't work cause, you know a lot of people kind of dress for their body shapes as well and like I don't have the same body shape as the person next to me kind of thing so it wouldn't work but it obviously works really well on them maybe I'll try what they do and give it a go and I'm like no I'm not comfortable back to my roots (laughs) (laughs) I think that element of like influence and then experimentation is is just really fun and like you kind of alluded to that you almost have like your own like uniform in a way you have things that are like staple for you and I think most people do don't they but the willingness to be like oh I like that they look cool I'm going to try it and then either tweaking it so it suits your vibe or just going oh actually no that's wrong on me is quite a joyful thing I think (laughs) yeah it is actually and and it's also a compliment to those people because there's so many people around that I'm just like wow they just look incredible and and I really want to give that a go and try that style out as Mm. well like yeah I mean I think I keep going back to it but I do I think where where you know where I work at Snoopers there's there's a lot of very beautiful well-dressed people you know that well styled yeah with fantastic style and they're all quite different from each other and yeah that's really and I'm like oh I like that I'll give that a go I like that I'll give that a go Mm. yeah I guess that helps you kind of become inventive with it as well Mm. and you're right then then take that on and then tailor it to maybe your body shape and and what you feel comfortable in as well Mm. for Um, instance I would never wear a crop you'd never wear a crop top (laughs) 
it's funny isn't it because there's things that i see people wearing i think oh, i'd love to wear that and i put it on i'm like whoa no way <laughs> like that's so wrong on my body shape but then you sit on other people that makes perfect sense yeah yeah i know it's, it's funny isn't it mm. And also the other person, if I was to walk outside wearing a crop top, I would feel like, I just wouldn't feel comfortable. I'd feel like a massive, um, <laughs> I don't know, uh, idiot. Yeah. Um, but the people walking by probably wouldn't even consider it or bat an eyelid. No, no. You know, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't think it looked abnormal or anything, but, you know, I would feel a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. It's just it's something that, you know, doesn't work for me. It's so weird. Like, I think, it's so easy to feel really self-conscious about the way we look, whether that's people thinking we look weird or uh, we aren't happy with the way we look, so we think everyone else can see that. And then, like you say, you just said, like, most people wouldn't be like, oh, it's abnormal that that girl's got a crop top on. But no, for so yourself, you... it feels like, oh, my God, everyone can tell, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's so <laughs> weird. And mm. I think that would be something to try and... A good mindset to try and challenge, I guess, um, would be to test that out and see how you feel going out because it's the mind, I think, a lot of the time telling you certain things. And um, I wonder how you would feel wearing something out of your comfort zone that you wouldn't traditionally wear or you wouldn't normally wear and, and you know, kind of witnessing the reaction and realising that people didn't care. And I wonder how, how that would change your perception of it as well. Mm. And me. also the importance that we all place on our appearance. Because obviously, you know, it does communicate a lot about us to other people. Equally, it's obviously not the be-all and end-all. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, that's so true you know I've, I kind of see it as like a power to be used to good you know if you're enjoying it and having fun with it then great enjoy it you know if if you're not cool like you do you you know okay you said earlier that um you've kind of found this like vibe of style that you have now when you're about 18 what's been in your wardrobe the longest you said you might have items kind of from that time I'll tell you what has been in my wardrobe the longest and um my friend uh, it must have been about 15, I reckon it was about 15 years. I think I should, shouldn't admit this. <laughs> she bought me a leopard print sports bra from H&M and I still wear it now. And if ever I see her, and I don't see her that often, maybe once a year, and I, I kind of subconsciously wear it when I bump into her and she's astonished that I still got this bra because <laughs> it's stretching I'll tell you what, I was wearing it the other day and um, I was just getting ready and my boyfriend said to me, he said, do you know what you look like? And I, I, I thought he might be paying me a compliment and he said, you look like an aged Spice Girls reject. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> that's so brutal. Not even an aged Spice Girl. An aged Spice Girl. No, not a reject. What's it? An impersonator. Sorry. <laughs> an aged Spice Girl impersonator. I didn't know how to take that. I found it funny, but I was like, cheers, mate, thanks. Yeah, it's like funny mixed with a glare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Staring at him like, how can, I, how can I pay this back? What can I say? But it was, yeah, I thought, oh, maybe, yeah. It's quite apt. <laughs> I think throughout lockdown, like, I've needed new underwear throughout the whole time, and I've just been putting off buying any, because it's like with bras, obviously, you kind of need to try them on, 
um but yeah. been avoiding really going to shops still for the most part so i'm like still clinging on to the whole horrible underwear that i've had for years <laughs> i definitely yeah i work i really I, I mean i've got elastic threads coming out now and yeah holes and all of these things but i'm determined to wear them until they physically fall apart no one has to know that it's under all your clothes anyway well it's better for the planet that way as well i guess yeah that's that's exactly how i'm looking at it (laughs) (laughs) you mentioned like the influence of going to festivals and um obviously you're saying about that influences your design but um has that influenced the way you dress as well and the way you saw style Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's opened, it definitely opened my eyes because there's a real uh, liberal way that people dress. I mean, some people kind of go around topless, for instance, or, you know, people don't really care. And I've got a lot of my friends who have got um, uh, businesses at the festivals and they've all got really, like, beautiful, immaculate style and... um, yeah, it's hard to kind of sometimes you become so accustomed to that look, whether that's quite different to what you might wear like on a day-to-day basis, because it is something when when we go to the festivals, we tend to dress up every day. And I guess that's quite alluring for customers as well to kind of wear, you know, bright clothes that might represent your, your business. But I've got, yeah, there's loads of different designers out there that I've, yeah, really responded to how they dress and stuff. Mm. Big up Bexie's boutique. She's got great style. Yeah. I'll look it up. (laughs) Yeah, look her up. (laughs) Um I remember like the first kind of couple of festivals that I went to when I was about that age as well. And I remember being so like overwhelmed by the amount of different styles that were all just like thrown together. And the amount that people dressed up as well for what is in fact just being in a field but taking yeah yeah, but being out of that context of your kind of normal life seems to really give people the opportunity to wear things that they wouldn't ever normally consider I think that is exactly that is what I love like there really is anything goes and you know what that is the time like there's there is this weird thing that I feel that slightly repressed on a day-to-day basis and when I go when I go to the festivals and I think that is the general mentality there is a real kind of fuck it kind of thing it's like I literally want to wear what I want to wear it helps that it's usually nice weather and it's Mm. hotter so Mm. you you really can kind of explore things but you know like going braless you know even if you're you know, you've got a top on, like, I wouldn't normally do that when I'd feel too uncomfortable, or, um, I remember there was one time we were working uh, at, at our, uh, at my friend's shop at Glastonbury last year, and it was absolutely boiling, boiling hot, and we just decided to wear our swimming costumes, like, while we went to work, and I just think, well, you wouldn't really do that, like, say, working in a shop, you know, in the lanes in Brighton, um, and it, oh, it's just really, it's just so lovely, and just, because everything is so colourful and you've got the, all this, your, all your senses are stimulated from that point of view. You know, you've got the music you can listen to and the kind of beautiful aesthetic of the, the festival and then the, the clothes as well and just kind of happy people. It's, you know, it's a, it's a few days of escapism and, escapism and hedonism and I think that really is um, represented in, in what people wear as well. Mm. And I think that's how this 
this kind of festival fashion culture has has lifted off and I think it has it's grown over the last five years I'd say yeah you know a lot of people have caught on that there is a market for that and you know vibrant colors you know things with textures on it um uh all of those kind of things Mm. kind of I guess festivals started off being for more alternative people so there's definitely the hippie bohemian style and then you've got your kind of sequins and feathers and yeah all of these things that kind of stimulate your senses I guess in certain ways yeah I the last two years I haven't been to a been to like theatre festivals but not um you know like music ones and me and my partner have so missed like you said like the kind of few days of escape that it gives you it Mm. it does help I think to give perspective on your day-to-day life and I don't yeah yeah and without the risk well the risk of sounding like a total wanker in a way I don't know what other word to use in all like spiritual but there's times when it's almost felt like because it's such a coming together um, a, a live experience among so many different people to kind of celebrate music and celebrate art and celebrate dressing up that it, it mm. can feel kind of quite uplifting in that way yeah 100% I think that is part of the experience it's this um, powerful energy of yeah these people coming together and I think you know that it has it does have a spiritual feeling and I think people are getting in touch with parts of themselves that they as you say they might not experience on a day-to-day basis because you know you need to somehow sometimes get out of that routine to get some perspective on things and yeah and I guess all of those things like um like I was saying about the, the, the sensory stimulation is almost like a meditative practice because you're not thinking you're not concentrating on the the kind of inner dialogue and chatter you are just kind of focusing on the things around you and yeah I think you do you come back feeling uplifted Mm. and and uh, you connect with people and yeah there's a lot of love is there um a current item or like piece that you're kind of like lusting after or like searching for oh (laughs) oh Oh. Yes, there is. Sorry. There were two things. I was just thinking, um, uh, my friend uh, Yona was wearing a very, very beautiful skirt on Saturday. It was this really lovely tiered silk white skirt. And I was like, that is stunning. She I did really look like good that. in that. It's kind of like did. peasanty-esque, but, yeah. but also like ever so slightly 80s, kind of. Yeah, that's like she she referenced the 80s yeah had mm. that real rah-rah feel mm. it was very stevie nicks as well i think yeah it was, mm. it was that was beautiful and i was like bloody hell that's amazing and i haven't been able to source that but i i, I bought um from um hazy days this beautiful oh i'm mourning it um velvet uh, 70s jacket with gold embroidery and it fit like a dream you know like oh I, I, I look brilliant <laughs> <laughs> in that dress and uh, jacket and I bloody went to a festival and put it down and forgot about it and lost it I think some some very lucky person yeah it. someone's got um, a, so you've made someone's to... year with that jacket <laughs> I bloody hope so I hope they appreciate it because it was the highlight of yeah many outfits and yeah I never found it and I'm always looking on eBay and I'm always looking through vintage to find see if I could there must be another one but Mm. then I might never find that same jacket 
but like yeah, feel your pain on the, the loss of things that are like big ones that you're like oh. yeah and it's always the big ones you lose mm. you know what i mean the irrelevant ones you stay, yeah. to stay with you. yeah you like never lose your like shit gray vest top that you wear in bed and it's never that no, <laughs> no. the really important pieces so yeah mm. I'm, I'm gutted about that but maybe one day it's going to be my lifelong mission to resource that that jacket and yeah it's heavenly i have a little bit of i have a lifelong one where i've got this 30s kimono that's just a really beautiful print on it and Mm. i saw in a book of 30s fashion that originally it had a matching um like it was like it was a nighty like a night set but it had a matching like slip nighty that was cut on the bias and i'm like it's my lifelong mission to find this dress (laughs) this night dress (laughs) yeah that would be amazing Mm. yeah that's that's something i'm lo- actually that is a purchase that i am looking for is the ideal kind of um like you say the 1930s um chinese printy but silk uh some form of jacket i'm kind of looking for mm. um but i have found the dream one i see a lot you know yeah kind of scrolling through um ebay but i haven't found you know the one that that kind of makes you stir in your belly and you're like that is it yeah and and it literally will change your life (laughs) yeah and you get so excited about it (laughs) yeah it's weird how it evokes this kind of reaction that i'm like you almost feel sick (laughs) yeah that's the one yeah i know that feeling It's a really good feeling. I mean, I'm, it's worth living for that feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that it's that feeling. But the even better feeling is when it comes through the post, yeah. <laughs> and you actually get it. Like there's the the build up. Oh God, sounds. No, or I think <laughs> one better than that is if you find it in a charity shop or a vintage shop and it's affordable. Yes. Or at a boot fair. Yeah, or oh, the, the bar- dream. The bargain dream find. That's a brilliant <laughs> rush as well. It's it's a great way of finding natural highs, I think. Totally, yeah. Kind of what I'm searching for is the natural high, and that is something that definitely creates that um, an emotional natural high. Totally. It's great. <laughs> You've mentioned, um, we've mentioned festivals and how inspiring like different dress can be and kind of celebratory dress. Is there any other like particular subculture or movement that's really inspires either what you make or what you wear? Oh yeah. Oh I couldn't really depict a particular thing. I think it's just everything that I come across I mm. think has a subconscious influence. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um I I am attracted to really really bright colors like and I guess there's a you know a few there's a few wicked designers that can really influence like I, I kind of I like look at that and I take bits from them. Um, I can give some examples. I think one of them's uh, Manish Aurora, which and there's another I don't I can't remember his name, but That's it's right. like Gucci's you know print clash. And, yeah, like, I was just know, thinking about Gucci when you said bright colours and the way I can't yeah. remember the guy's name, but the the way he kind of mixes the most granny vintagey things but kind of puts yeah. them through like an acid lens of mashup like thing. yeah it's great I absolutely love it yeah and like seeing cut you know 
seeing colours put together that I'm like, actually, that really works and that really excites me. Mm. I really, that's one of my favourite things is that colour matching idea and finding really kind of obscure colours that you wouldn't think go. And then you're like, oh, my God, that looks amazing. Mm. Um, with, like, an oversized pair of sunglasses. Like, yes. that's amazing. <laughs> it's always, yeah. And then, like, I guess, I think, like, I absolutely love disco music. <laughs> I Yay. just love disco and I think that that probably has some kind of um, effects on maybe, I think it's the glitz and the glamour and the sequins and all that kind of thing. So I wonder whether that has an influence as well. It's funny how you say yeah. about like that accidental influence as well, that kind of almost everything you come across can like settle in your head somewhere and then come back out. Like, yeah, mm. it, yeah, yeah. It, kind of it goes in one way and then comes out in another form <laughs> and I, I don't think it's on on purpose I think it's completely subconscious um I haven't really had for, for me and, and the, the, the things that I make I, I feel like I'm waiting for a light bulb moment of this thing that I'm kind of searching for for it to come and it being the idea that's gonna really take me to a different place with with what I'm making but I haven't quite got there and I think I think about all the things that are around me and all the influences and I'm like all of those things must have an impact on what I'm doing and it's going to help me create that light bulb moment but I just haven't quite reached that point yet I'm just exploring and uh, I think that's the only way you can find it is by you know keep exploring mm. and uh, see if it comes I'll let you know do <laughs> I think it's, it's the it's, thing that's going to make me millions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think when you're making work as well, like wh whatever medium you're working in, that there's always that thing as a maker that you're like, whatever you produce, it's, it's almost like when it's almost finished, you're already thinking about the next thing you're going to make or the next idea you've had. And it's like never enough, or at least it's not for me, the things I make. It's never good enough. It's never quite enough. I'm going to do that differently next time to improve on it. And I'm already on to the next thing. You know, it's like you never stop and actually go, oh, that was good. That was all right. You're doing fine. That was what you made then because that's what you had. Like you've already it's moved on. Mm. yeah you're right it's always going to the next thing even when you're making that thing you're always thinking how can that evolve and how can you move that on and I think it's it can be a, a blessing and a curse in many ways because it, I think it's like a restless brain isn't it yeah kind of constantly thinking and that's great if you're a creative person because it kind of helps with the the imagination and the ideas and stuff but can be a hindrance in many ways where you want to go to sleep yeah <laughs> for instance. or just just switch off and like go for a nice drink or something like <laughs> yeah no it's just it's always working yeah but, um, it, it does help push it along and create more ideas for sure mm. when you yeah. were um like a little kid did you like have a way you wanted to like dress when you're an adult or just tell me what you wore when you were a kid because I had some brilliant ensembles when I was a child thinking it was did great you? <laughs> yeah. oh yeah I keep thinking I did start to borrow mum's clothes quite a lot I remember we had a dressing up box, which Ooh, was amazing. I love a dressing up box. I wish we kept the things out. I was seeing like, that the other day. I have exactly the exact same feeling about it. my childhood dressing up box. There's some really good stuff in there. <laughs> some really amazing things. And God knows what happened to it. Ah, oh, and there was like, yeah, it was really 80s. Because obviously that's where, you know, I was born in the 80s. And my mum had these mad gold leather shoes. Like, uh, I think they were... Uh, what's the word backless and quite flat so they were quite safe for like the kids to play around with because they weren't like massive stilettos and uh yeah she had some wicked like wrap around dresses that I remember trying on 
Um, and the, I think the first piece of like the thing I fell. In, does that have my? Oh no, I, I was a bit scruffy because I was uh, thinking about it. I was a horse riding country bumpkin, so I spent a lot of time in um, jumpers and wellies, <laughs> which I think kind of followed through. <laughs> um, weirdly, it's my favourite Saturday look: a pair of wellies and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some breeches. Well, going to festivals as well, you've carried on with the wellies, so... <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. But, uh, no, my mum had this um, amazing floral little top that was, yeah, that fit me when I was about nine or ten. And so I've got photos of that with my hair in ringlets. And it was a wicked look. I loved it. And that I'm gutted. Great. Where's that bloody top now? I um, have had this thing, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I find myself at the moment being really drawn to things that, like, my mum would wear, like, when I was probably growing up. Really yeah. strange. Yeah. That's, did she have a good dress sense, your mum? Yeah, I mean, Speaking she's she's up. really, like, brightly coloured and kind mm. of a bit, like, hippie-ish in some ways. And But, like, she always had this really brilliant pair of, like, floral Doc Martin boots. And then I, I found myself, like, buying a pair very similar second-hand, like... Of floral Doc Martin boots, and then I found that like um, my mum's totally noticed, and she's like, "Hang hey, and dress like me, you're gonna like me." <laughs> <laughs> That's such a mum comment as yeah. well, isn't it? Oh, my darling, you're just like me. <laughs> yeah, you you just want to dress like me. I know. <laughs> Copying your mother. That's that is kind of true, actually. Yeah, I can see that, but like parallel to my age, if that makes sense. So like when my mum was in her thirties, what was she wearing? And yeah, I, I do look back. There are yeah, there are some really amazing outfits that mum used to wear, but they were. I always think that like the elders were a lot tinier, generally, weren't they? Like my parents were a lot. My mum was a lot tinier, um, and like even my grandma was a lot tinier. Mm. So I don't know whether I could pull off the kind of super 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 skinny flared trousers that she would wear but I, then I, I think she had some amazing um, platform brown platforms oh. Oh. they were cloggy platforms sounds great I think god why did you get rid of them mm. gutted mm. yeah <laughs> my mum talks about some of the stuff that she had in the late 70s and mm. I'm just like oh why you wish you had it <laughs> like yeah and you know what's even more frustrating i think is like unless you're buying vintage or from a very um kind of well had you know well made garment a lot of some of the clothes i have and you know i've changed my ways now are just really kind of fast you know some of them are fast fashion clothes mm. so they're not um kind of heirloom it's, the heirlooms that can be carried on I just don't think they're going to last that long and I've stopped doing that now but I do you know I've got old t-shirts that I've had for years that I have you know admittedly bought from things like H&M and mm. stuff and uh, I just don't think that's something that I can pass down onto my children and then I've got you know and then I've bought the vintage pieces but they're not reflective of the time now yeah you know yeah so I could put them and pass them down but they're not like this is what I wore in 2020 as yeah. in like this was a typical piece that I bore it's, it's very different now it's totally uh, different passing down. yeah and and also I think the way we treat and think about clothes has really changed you know you say fast fashion and it's so easy to go out and buy anything or find anything that we want mm. you know even sounds weird but like people that our kind of financial level we're still mm. able to you know go out and find something pretty affordably 
you know yeah. that we've seen whether it's a catwalk catwalk copy or a vintage copy or whatever like i think we value our objects the things we own a lot less somehow because it's so much they're so much more available yeah like wouldn't it be amazing you're absolutely right like wouldn't it be amazing i was thinking like you're talking about your 30s two-piece but if you were in the 30s and you'd purchased that in the 30s as it was made and then that was carried through the generations like there isn't really anything yeah like you say affordable that 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 can happen Mm. but you know there are some beautiful you know amazing vintage pieces that i'd happily carry on through but it's not necessarily reflective of the time now so it's a bit frustrating it's an odd thought as well i think because because of how much more connected we are that we don't have there's there's less ways possibly i don't know i'm not a fashion historian of Mm. maybe identifying a period in time because of the clothes possibly do Mm. you think because we're so much more connected now and we have so much uh more things available to us that perhaps yeah it's gonna be interesting yeah it's gonna be interesting especially in like 20 years time when we look back on this time and it's like what were like key looks of like this next decade you know if you think about now like vintage wise there's such a revival for like 2000s and 90s clothing like Mm. whether that will be still no you know yeah yeah it's really interesting thought and and i find it quite weird you know when you're like shopping for uh on e i do like look at ebay a lot as much as i do the other things but it started coming up as a vintage piece, but it's called Y2K. Yeah. So they have started making something that was made. That, I mean, I guess it was 20 years ago. Oh, mm. But it, feel, it feels like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> no, that scares me. That's not vintage. That was yesterday. I know, but it's because it's weird that a time that we've lived through as young people, um, as very young as children, <laughs> that um, is, is now being referenced being worn by actual children now by teenagers again yeah it's bizarre i don't know so bizarre mm. what who knows what will come but maybe it will do a massive turnaround in 20 years time and you know the fast fashion uh might people have become a lot more aware of what they're buying and that might have slowed down and they might revert back to kind of really well-made high-quality things it'll be lovely and and there'll be a real sense of kind of what's going on you know currently at that time well when it is that time and there'll be you know less mass consumerism i guess i hope so fingers crossed Mm. it's a very complicated subject in lots of ways yeah so many different Mm. levels so many Mm. different ways so many different yeah you can't tackle it can you no no even a day (laughs) um do you have any advice for like giving like less shits about what other people think about the way you dress oh bloody hell i mean i just think just not giving a shit (laughs) (laughs) you anything like that is the only way you can do it is like just i think just stop worrying like people really don't care about like they, they people care more about themselves I mean, they care about other people, so I want to make sure this comes out right. But we are too invested in ourselves to worry about things like what people are wearing and what other people look like, apart from appreciating a sense of style. And I think if you can, if you can get to a point 
where you genuinely don't care, there's going to be a real sense of freedom and and confidence. But it's it, it's it's tricky. But I think you could potentially say to yourself, I'm going to walk out that door today, and I'm not going to give a shit what, what people think. And I think having that intention, or, or maybe kind of saying that at the beginning, might change how you feel about that day. Yeah. And then if, if it steps in, if it kind of starts to step in, like, oh, gosh, what are people thinking? Just remind yourself, reaffirm it. I really don't care what people think. I'm going to embrace what I'm wearing. And uh, I think that's just really good yeah. advice in general, to try, you know, and and not worry about what people, other people think. Why does... Uh, what a, a horrible question is, why does it matter to you? You know, what, why does it matter what other people think? And then that gets... We're not going to go there, that's too big. But, like, you know, we all have things we wear and things we do and parts of our life that we worry deeply about what other people think. And that's something that's so difficult to transcend. But I think you're right. If you can start doing it in a way in a small way of like a day-to-day thing of like, I'm going to wear this today and every time I worry that someone's looking at it funny, I'm going to say it doesn't matter. Because ultimately it doesn't, does it? No, ultimately it doesn't. You're absolutely right. And like you said earlier about most people are too wrapped up in themselves. Like, it's true. Yeah. yeah. And it's not, not in a... That's not in a horrible in a way, way, no. Way. Mm. No, it's just poor... They're too busy going, oh my God, does, is that girl looking at my outfit funny? Like, they're too the thing in the same thing, like... Yeah, you're yeah. kind of having to stare off, but actually, you're worrying about what the other person thinks. Yeah. So to, have, to have an overcomplicated brain. <laughs> just... <laughs> I just wanted to um, ask you if you think that clothes and style, if those things can enhance your life, or do they for you? Do you know what? Like... A hundred. I, I have started to consider this, and I was. I've always kind of been on that that idea that it's an external thing, but I've, I've and it's been like quite a recent thing. How different something can make what like wearing something can make me feel, and like I um have recently been considering like considering like how you present yourself is actually very important like um because I have succumbed to because of like where I work is quite isolated and um, I I could just get up scrape my hair back put on my, my mingingest trousers and top because I'm just sat in a studio and the chance I'm going to get dirty but if I actively even though I know I'm going into that shop uh, into my into my uh, studio and I decide to put on a bit of makeup and put on some nice clothes, it actually changes my perspective, A, on myself, and probably how I'm going to behave that day and, like, what, what my productivity is going to be like. Because it's kind of, I think it's looking presentable as part of self-care. And, and, and if you feel good about yourself and what you're wearing and the clothes that you've chosen to wear, that is part of the process as well. And I think it can change your day and boost your confidence. Yeah. And, Totally. Yeah, do really immeasurable things. Mm. Yeah, well, like we yeah. said, the right coat, the right jacket can change your life. <laughs> it can literally change my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a lovely place to leave it today. All right, yeah. Vicky, thank you so much. Do you want to say bye to the listeners and we'll say bye? <laughs> I'll just say bye. Yay. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Threads podcast. My name is Chelsea Matney and I am part of Pop Heart. You can find more of our work on our website, Twitter and Facebook at Pop Heart UK. Please also look out for all the things that Cast Iron are doing across all their social media.